The following podcast is rated R for really filthy. It includes adult themes and explicit content. So if you're an adult who happens to like themes directly targeting your sexy demographic, then get ready to join us as we ship it good. Due to the themes discussed on this podcast, it may contain potentially triggering content. Please visit our episode description to review the warnings applicable to this episode. Oh, is, is she run away? <laughs> no, I'm just eating my banana and didn't want to treat you. You don't want us to watch you eating your banana? Yeah, exactly. Did you not want to make eye contact while eating the banana? It's normally what I do. I creep people out. I'm Megs. And I'm Nathan. And welcome to Care of Magical Shippers, a Harry Potter ship culture podcast. Woo! Woo! <laughs> <laughs> so this week, our first ship that we'll be doing to start off this pod is a poly ship, the Golden Trio. So we're really excited to get into probably our three most popular characters and how they work together. And we happen to have a friend with us that's going to join us on this journey. Yeah, um, in keeping with the triad, we thought we'd ask a guest host to come on and join us this week. And we're thrilled to be joined by our friend we know through Fanatical Fix, Victoria. Hi, Victoria. Hi, Megan. Hi, Nathan. I'm so thrilled to be with you. <laughs> we're so glad to have you here. It's really exciting. She's been with us from the very beginning of the, the pod infancy and helping us out with everything. So this is going to be a lot of fun. Yes, one of the OGs. <laughs> <laughs> so, Victoria, what is your favorite ship? Um, that's hard because I ship so many. And <laughs> since I started with both of you, I have only more ships. I really, really... Um... Shit, what's the word? No! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, since I started with the both of you, I'm really so enthusiastic about so many ships so mm -hmm. hmm, I, I think if i had to pick i would just go for a really rare pair uh i ship really hard the polycule of the four founders oh Ooh. yes i'm definitely interested in that i haven't read anything but that's definitely a really interesting kind of like old time golden trio i guess if that makes some sense because they started everything together so i like that one golden golden quad gold yeah i don't know the <laughs> <laughs> what color would they be? <laughs> yeah, and then because yeah, because they're each of the four house colors, so it would look something I don't know. It would look a bit like the Google logo, wouldn't it? Like it would, Hogwarts, yeah, the... but <laughs> Hogwarts in the with the Google font in different yeah. colored letters. <laughs> I mean, the Windows logo has the four colors of the four houses. So there we go. Oh, that's perfect. Yeah. Uh, so, what's your favorite, probably cursed pairing? As I'm not a big fan of reading anything about Snape, I would probably go with Voldemort. And since I read a couple of these lately, I would go actually with Tom Riddle slash Hermione. Oh, oh, oh very nice. Oh, it, it, it's so cursed, but it has such potential. I love it. Is this with like time travel or like younger Tom Voldemort? I'm guessing. yeah. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's mostly time travel, and in a couple of fics, it's Hermione traveling back to stop him becoming evil or mm-hmm. to travel back and kill him. Go, Hermione! <laughs> yes! And then she just catches feelings, and yeah, it's really cursed, but really good. She's just like, I've had enough of this. I'm going back in time to stop him before any of this can kick off. And then she gets there, and she's like, wait, he's hot. <laughs> so what is a character from the harry potter fandom that you think doesn't get enough love oh you're really here of good questions (laughs) thank nathan (laughs) thanks nathan i'm so sorry (laughs) we could probably give people these ahead of time in the future yes please yeah (laughs) most underrated character i think i just go with uh arthur Weasley. it's he's such a great dad and he's not pursuing money uh, to uh be better off but just does what he loves and he raises his children in such a great way and i just adore the relationship between him and molly so yeah i'd go with arthur oh yeah Arthur's wonderful. Love Arthur. Yeah, and I he's just he is such a an innocent in a way. You know, his love of muggle stuff, his just unabashed love for his family that isn't really filtered through any other wizarding world stuff. It's just so he's such a pure character in a way. Yes. Yeah. He's so good. He's and so good. Still a real badass when he joins the order in the second time yeah. and in the Battle of Hogwarts. And I remember reading something probably on Tumblr, about how uh, someone's headcanon or it's been kind of uh, discussed that when he acts dumb, like doesn't know the answer to something, it's for the benefit of like the kid or person that he's talking to because he wants them to either figure it out or know, like find out if they know before him just saying like, oh, I know everything. So he kind of wants to help the kids grow in that way which i think is just so him for him to just be like oh what you know what do you think or i'm gonna say this wrong or whatever like especially with muggle money it's like you know numbers right like it still has numbers on it so it's not like is this a a five it's like it's it's a 20 or whatever because it's like it has numbers on it you're not gonna not know so i just like to think of it in that way that he wants to give validation to the kids to help you know them have confidence i guess you could say yeah and i think he has one of the most prescient lines in the entire series when he says uh never trust anything that can think for itself if you can't see where it keeps its brain which is just so appropriate all right, last question. <laughs> I don't even know what my answer would be. So oh, great. <laughs> Shag, Mary, Kill, Justin Finch-Fletchley, Susan Bones, and Lee Jordan. <sighs> okay, um, they are all great. I don't want to kill anyone. I'm a Hufflepuff of fixing. <laughs> okay, um, I think I'll go with kill Justin Finch Fleshley. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, my dude. He's in your house. <laughs> I know, but <laughs> um, I would probably check Susan Bones and Mary Lee Jordan because these sounds like the most fun husband I could ever imagine. Oh, for sure. Like long term spend time with. Absolutely. Being friends with the twins, you have to have some level of good humor for sure. Yeah. 
Absolutely. My only worry with Lee Jordan is that he would commentate every aspect of life. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> and Victoria has the toast. She's pulling out the jam. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the reason why I didn't pick Shaq for him. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> Yeah, commentary on uh, sex. That would be, um, that'd be interesting. That's for sure. So what is it about the Golden Trio that's so golden? Yeah, I think the Golden Trio is just so good when they're with each other. They complement each other so great. They fill each other weaknesses and they just work only when they are all together. So it's only natural for them to be all together. I read somewhere that part of the the reason they work so well as a cohesive unit was to sort of counter Voldemort and his Horcruxes. The fact that he had split his soul, theirs was like a soul coming together that could act as one cohesive unit, which is why, to me, it... Why are you laughing? What? What are you doing? I'm crying! <laughs> <laughs> I'm so, I was like, why is Max laughing? What have I done? What is wrong? Nothing, what no, I... I'm like, I'm no, I just think that's so sweet. I just like, <laughs> oh, their soul is pure together and the Voldemort soul and oh gosh, I'm sorry. No, just ignore my face. So, so they work as a sort of a, a Horcrux opposite and, and that they're, the, the sort of the, what was it, the, was it Charmed, that series where it was like the power of three will set us free. It's very much like they're in individual personalities coming together to defeat one big bad. Yeah, and they each individually have really strong personalities that benefit for different reasons. Like, obviously, Hermione's very analytical and logical and book-focused on fact and reason, uh, so she kind of keeps the two grounded. Ron is kind of more, like, kind of up in the clouds, open to the crazy. You know, he'll say, like, what about this? And they might look at him like, that's stupid. But then later on, like, we actually should have done it that way. <laughs> and so it really kind of benefits. And then Harry can be kind of quiet, but his gut instincts are good. So I think he kind of challenges Hermione sometimes, even to her displeasure, that she just wants to be right all the time. And he's like, no, you kind of have to just go with your gut. And she's like, your gut knows nothing. <laughs> So I just, I love them as a group, even as friends when they were younger, them coming together, they're just, they're the perfect group of friends for sure. And I could see them growing as they do in the books together as a unit, because even parts that I like to think about is the times when they are separated, like well, what is it in uh, book three when they have the issue between Hermione and Ron with Scabbers and Crookshanks? Like what kind of rift that puts between them and how it disrupts their whole dynamic. And Harry feels awkward because he's kind of balancing between the two. And then we get to the fourth book and we have Ron who gets super jealous of Harry in the Triwizard Tournament. And Hermione is that, you know, kind of back and forth of trying to keep them together even though they're being stubborn. So it's just really interesting to see one not included really just messes everything up for them. So I couldn't imagine them being apart or having separate lives. Absolutely. Yeah. And I really like how Hermione just loses all her intelligence if things are going down and if uh, panic comes and gets her. And 
that are the reasons or uh, the situations rather when Ron really starts showing his smarts and his analytical skills. And that's mm -hmm. just such a nice dynamic. And then there's Harry in the middle just with his gut that gives him the right instincts at the right moment. And as you said, as soon as one of them is not with the others, the other two are just yeah lost for it and they can't work properly they can't get anything done as mm -hmm. we see most of the time when Hermione's not around but it's yes 100 percent <laughs> it's even the same when Ron is not around in the seventh book yes yep that was gonna be my next thing because another I mean a big pivotal moment for all of them really because even in canon like Harry shuts down like he doesn't want to like accept what happened he he sees that Hermione's really upset and wants to give her space to be upset so he kind of holds it in and I can only imagine what's going on inside that he's not potentially willing to confront if we're looking at it from a ship aspect even the relationship between Ron and Hermione they dance around it forever. They're not even officially together in the seventh book. So if we're thinking about the trio as like a poly unit, they all are dancing around each other. So after all is said and done, especially at the end, how when Harry dies, I mean, how that could affect the two of them, it would be just, there's no way to describe how that could have made them feel because they thought that they were protecting him. He disappeared. They didn't know where he went. And then all of a sudden for Hagrid to show up with him in his arms, ultimately, as they would believe dead, um, as friends on one hand has to be completely traumatic, but then also to feed a fic situation with a ship, them realizing their true feelings on how empty they are without Harry, uh, which is a big thing. And him coming back, defeating Voldemort, then they have their time to move on. It's, uh, yeah, I mean, it's a great stepping stone for getting into eighth year or post-war, post, you know, Battle of Hogwarts for them to really come together and continue their strength as a trio, I guess, but then also have that deeper, intimate bond. Yeah, I think it's definitely, it's definitely possible for them to function when they're not the trio when they have times apart but what but they really shine most when they're together and this is why coming at this sort of from the point of view of an outsider what i would ask to be devil's advocate why is the trio as a ship so much more forgiving or uh, so much more expansive than just harmony or than just reminding why does it work so much better and i think you've like you've partly answered that because you've said that they're because they deal with things together they've learned almost to go through life leaning on each other so it follows that any emotional development and intrapersonal character story that we may get after the books leave off will pick up where that leaves off but uh, but just from the three of them why does that work so much better i think it's just about how they balance each other and whenever you only have two of them there is some kind of imbalance and sure that can be worked around in fix or even in canon when we suppose they get with whomever they get in canon but i think the three of them just uh learned to live with other so much and yeah they just work as a whole so good that whenever one of them is missing there's just one dynamic missing and i could see a lot of trouble and a lot of uh, fighting resulting in the missing trio member mm -hmm. i think of a dreary fic that i'm a big fan of that i love uh what we pretend we can't see by gizm 
I think is what it is. And part of it, it's a really long fic. It's Harry feels kind of lost and doesn't really like his work as an auror and is trying to figure out himself. And he obviously has a lot of like self-doubt or, you know, resentment for surviving when so many people did not. And he just has all this trauma post-war. Of course, Ron and Hermione get married and they start having kids. And as soon as that happens, Harry feels lost. He feels like he doesn't have a place anymore. And of course, eventually, it's he finds Malfoy and happily ever after and yabba blah, blah <laughs> and all that stuff. Here's my place. Wonderful. Perfect. Like, it's great. It's great. But that was really eye-opening to getting into some really deep emotional um, feeling from Harry to really consider how when they announced their second kid and they didn't tell him first, he, he knew about the first kid and then they told everyone together, he felt really hurt and kind of like, oh, I always saw us as a team. I saw us as a unit and now I feel like they're the team and I have no place. So ultimately, even though he's not meant to be with them, that really resonated with me as far as a foundation for this ship and how him being a part of it really helps him heal and helps them all heal. And it really is potentially a really beautiful thing. Um, and when you say trauma, I just have to think of all the trauma each of them have to have after war and and it's just they know each other so well they know what each of them has gone through and i love all the stories with mental health issues are talked about because that's a huge thing one should talk about in my opinion yeah and i love when they help each other with their panic attacks or their depression whatever they have as uh, trauma and mm -hmm. yeah them being together can give them the security they wouldn't have because in war it always meant danger when one of them wasn't with them and so i think yeah. that's something that uh, fuels this ship even more I keep thinking back to that scene with the Mertlap in the fifth book, whenever Harry has revealed uh, that his hand is being cut open. He's been uh, in these detentions where Umbridge is torturing him by essentially scarring these words into his hand. Uh, and so Hermione conjures this Mertlap essence, or I forget actually how it happens, but there's, there's Mertlap essence there that she procures and that he, he dips his hand into this bowl and soothing. I sort of feel like post-war that's what they do for each other so what are some specific instances found in canon that you feel really defend or give that give life to this ship potentially lots of people speak about the yule ball as the one big thing that starts ron and hermione but if you look at book four you see ron is really really jealous of harry a lot of the time and both of them aren't able to find any very they find interesting yes. well because Hermione is not yet registered as a woman in their brains <laughs> Hermione you're a girl yeah, yeah. <laughs> a couple of trolls trolls excuse me <laughs> yeah but uh, Ron's really jealous and I mean for Harry Ron is the one person he would miss most at that point yes. and those are just a couple of dynamics I could see perfectly well playing out in a OEM ship Oh, for sure. Yeah, I mean, just to expand off that, the, the fact that they were fighting and going months without speaking, when Ron and Harry start talking again, it's after that first task, another instance of danger and threat to Harry's life that makes Ron go, 
well, shit, like, he could have died. I mean, I saw how the tests went for everyone else, like, three people before Harry, and each time I could see him at the edge of his seat or just freaking out at the, you know, anticipation of Harry coming out and having to do this, especially for the Horntail. He has to have a good amount of knowledge of dragons, being Charlie as his brother. He was the one who secretly was the person to mention having Harry go to find the dragons, so to find out that that would be the one for him to face had to just be terrible. So as soon as it was done, he came up to Harry and pretty much said, I'm sorry, I've been an asshole and I miss you. And Harry's like, we're fine. We're good. Like, I'm I'm glad to have you back because he's just missed him so just intensely over months. And the fact that it's been months of them not talking, but then sleeping mere feet from each other. I mean, you could literally turn on one side, they could be facing each other. And then are they awkwardly turning to face away from each other? It's not like they can avoid one another. They're in classes together. They sleep right next to each other. So to go that long without talking had to have just been so emotionally draining. And so for the second task to have Harry find out, you know, Dobby being like, hey, they have Ron and he's taking it absolutely seriously and he thinks Ron's gonna die and just is like, well, fuck, I need to go help him now. And even though Hermione was selected by Crumb, I just think because Hermione had been constant, like she's always been there, the feeling of loss for her was less prominent than with Ron because he had lost him. So that was really powerful for him to think of all the people that he would miss the most, it would be Ron, which I think is obviously strong for a friendship aspect. But then as far as romantically, a very pivotal starting point for at least the Harry Ron dynamic for sure. Yeah. Um for me personally, I th- I think of a lot of the smaller moments. Uh sometimes these are silly moments that happen at breakfast or you know, the intimate moments that happen in the great hall. The one thing that's that keeps sort of popping into the forefront of my mind is whenever Hermione is getting hate mail because Rita Skeeter's run the article about mm-hmm. her and she's and all of these people are sending poison pen letters and the other two are just sort of rallying in defense her almost you know on instinct but to me those moments go beyond what you typically expect a friendship to do you know Mm -hmm. they're so close they do things on instinct they don't think about these things they almost live in each other's pockets and to see these little comfort in response to stuff like this Mm -hmm. really solidifies their relationship to that level of emotional investment the fact yeah. that I can believe them together because I know what they've been through as a, a throuple. There are a couple of ways such a freeway relationship could go. Like one person in the center and two people being in love with this one person, but not each other, but just being really good friends or all three of them being too in love with each of them. So what do you think is the most natural for the three of them? Well, for me, obviously, I see it as, you know, potentially the three of them because of things we've already discussed. Like there's so many strong uh, bonds between some of them. But I feel after having talked this through, not that Harry and Hermione don't have that bond. They've been through all this and I see them as 
friends, I could see Ron being the central, that Harry and Ron are together and Ron and Hermione are together and then Harry and Hermione are friends. That's where I would drive things. I could read or believe any of it. I mean, that's just something that I see Ron as a really emotional pillar for both of them, I guess. Like, he's really passionate, and I can see that passion derived in two directions. So that's kind of the way I see it. Um, it's funny you should say that, because I sort of feel like Hermione would be the, the, the <laughs> middle, uh, because... I, I just feel like Ron, I don't know, maybe I'm doing the character of Ron a disservice because I'm reading too much into Ron from the films opposed to Ron from the books. And, we, you know, he gets absolutely disparaged in the films and they're, they're two different characters. But I do feel like Ron is coming from a more traditional wizarding background. And I feel like he's had these stumbling blocks before where he's had to come up against uh, prejudices in his own culture, mm -hmm. where he's been, he, he has adapted to those, but he's always been the slowest to take on new information and assimilate that into a broader uh, viewpoint. And I sort of feel like that would translate into his relationships as well and his emotional development. So I feel like because Hermione is so wise beyond her years, she has the, the nous and the wherewithal and the staying power to have these other two guys. Yeah, I agree. Both of these are great reasonings, but I uh, myself really think that they would only work as a three-way. Like, everyone has a relationship with everyone, and what's really important, not only in, like, shipping, but also in real polyam relationships that go mm -hmm. this way, is that every such relationship is maintained and is as important as the other ones, especially in such a closed throuple as the mm -hmm. term would be and so I totally see that the relationship between Harry and Hermione wouldn't be as romantic or passion filled as maybe mm -hmm. the relationship between Ron and Hermione but I think it would be a really intimate and close yeah just loving relationship yeah uh, all the same yeah, because I could see Harry having grown up without, obviously, like, his parents or a sense of family, and Ron and Hermione are that to him. Like, they are his family. So even as far as a female partner goes, Hermione has been their mom. Like, she has, like, helped them with their growth, and to have someone to feel safe and that loves you uh, unconditionally and would do anything and everything for you, I feel like it offers Harry an opportunity to feel, like, like wanted and loved, especially by like a female figure that he feels safe with and can really be vulnerable, which I think as far as like he really can struggle struggle with emotions and, and that vulnerability aspect because he has to be strong or hold it back for so long. So yeah. I, I also, I can see it working as a, a sort of a threesome, but I feel as well that of all of the characters, Ron would be jealous because we've seen this in canon. So I mm -hmm. feel like the, the Ron jealousy element would come into play. Now I feel like there's a lot of wiggle room to resolve it, a lot of different ways you could do that. And yeah. I certainly think, you know, I don't see Ron as a two-dimensional character. I definitely think he can grow and learn, but I think Ron would probably be the quickest to err on the side of resentment and jealousy, but also, you know, these are people ultimately that he's grown up around. So now I picture a two-bedroom flat 
one of them being Ron's pout room. Like when they go all have their <laughs> when they all have their row together and they're just really instead of the, you know, sending someone to sleep on the couch or whatever, Ron takes it upon himself to sleep in the other bedroom because he's just too mad. So it's just like he has his kind of like little safe haven to just like chill out and get over it and then in the morning comes down for maybe he makes breakfast or something and then everyone everything's all good. So it just gives him that space to uh, you know, just to to chill out yeah he absolutely has a, a chudley cannons themed safe <laughs> absolutely yeah <laughs> yeah and it's great that you bring up jealousy because that's something always really important in polyamships or in polyam relationships and jealousy is just something polyam people learn to live with polyam people still are really jealous and just yeah go about it in a different way or try to at least in accepting the feeling and questioning okay why am i feeling jealous am i missing something and i could really see that as something ron would learn a lot from and that's something i really like when i read Polly, um, harry ron hermione that it gives all three of them the possibility to learn and to grow in character through these things and especially for ron to overcome this jealousy and to overcome his issues with self-worth he got from growing up as with so many brothers, I mean. And uh, Harry overcoming the strong feelings of being unwanted and being unloved because he always has these two people to here to remind him that he is loved and that he is mm -hmm. worth of loving. And Hermione to stay grounded, to have a safe haven for her in this new world without her parents and some fix when right. she doesn't get them back to have just two of them to ground her and to keep her safe and that that breaks my heart but in fix where hermione's parents don't want to have anything more to do with her because of what's had to happen and what follows on after the the obliviation stuff it, it really you know sometimes it to write love well you write the loss of love as well yeah to, to sort of encapsulate what it can mean and what it can represent to somebody and i feel like hermione has had to do an awful lot of that in a very short space of time so for her especially to maybe be open receiving love from different avenues or maybe from from avenues she herself didn't anticipate is a nice development and a believable uh, plausible development uh, for me so as far as them moving forward as Ruffle, I guess you could say, what do you think their dynamic would be or their lifestyle would be like? What their careers are or what they, I don't know, something like that. <laughs> I always pictured Ron going to do something with George because I think that he would see it as the chivalrous thing to do. I don't think he'd be feel like he was trying to fill in for Fred or you know step into Fred's shoes, mm -hmm. but I feel I feel like for him he would want to be in a place where he could re-embrace what's fun about his life yes. and really redefine what that means for him. So I like I could never see him as an aura. No. I don't think he'd want to live in a space where he voluntarily steps up to be in Harry's shadow again. You know, yes. I just don't think he'd want to do that to himself. So I think I think he'd be off doing something fun, whether that's with uh, George in Weasley's Wizard Wheezes or whether they both go off to set up some new venture somewhere. I'm not sure, but I, I could see them working together. As for Hermione, I know she has lofty ambition and a lot of people put her high up in the ministry. I feel like 
like she would want to travel. And my my headcanon for her has always been that she goes and explores for a, a few years. You know, she can always come back and mm-hmm. do, t- you know, take up a position in the ministry later. She's certainly got the brains for it. Um, but I think she would want to broaden her uh, worldly and cultural experience as well as, you know, broadening her own personal horizons. <laughs> uh, so, uh, so I feel like she'd go off and travel and, I don't know, maybe she could document it. You should certainly get some sort of publishing deal with Flourish and Blots, no problem. Kind of like a Newt Scamander type, you know, like going around to like find and learn as much as she can because you know she's read every single book that exists in any you know? so it's like i what do i not know and i'm gonna find out and i'm gonna write it down i i love that exactly and i think it, you know it can build off her background with things like spew where she's not just she isn't just newt scamandering as in to find all these weird uh, mm-hmm. magical creatures she's going to find out ways in which maybe traditions and systems have been put in place to uh, enslave creatures and looking up ways to reevaluate that that's what she does in no i like i love that for sure <laughs> yeah i really think she would go on to pursue higher education go to university or something and then come back and fix what she thinks it is broken in the British government. And I don't think that maybe she would go to the ministry, but she really disdains the system and the ministry. Oh, for sure. And I could yeah. really picture her as a freelancer of sorts, um, or- orchestrating demonstrations and working from outside to uh, change some things in the ministry. Yeah, and playing off of the Ron thing, Nathan, you brought up a really good point of we know that he is constantly in everyone's shadow. So it's that's part of where this, the jealousy stems from between him and Harry. So yeah, to, even though in fic I've read where Ron ends up being a better aura than Harry, which I mean is great, then it shows that like he gets the validation that he needs, but I still don't, I don't see him in that. Like as you say, I think he would, he's, he's just as funny as the twins are. So I think he he would have so much fun joining up with George to do Weasley's Wiz. And then even Harry, I can picture him going into, you know, aura training and thinking that's what he wants because it's expected of him because it's like, well, I took down the biggest dark lord of, you know, the of the times. And so I might as well help with some burglars or you know, something like that, whatever, like magical law enforcement, but then finding it's not where he wants to be because either it brings up some of that trauma again, like it's just having those type of situations I want to picture him doing something really like, I don't know, expressive, whether it's being like a cook or or um, a baker or an artist or, you know, something like that, that is just he really finds himself or finds something that he can get into that's, that's just his and makes him happy. And he's not he's focusing on himself for the very first time, but also giving to others, because if you're providing something for other people and it makes them happy, there's nothing more validating than that versus putting your yourself out there for other hurting people. Yeah, I can't see Harry as an author either, because that's something he never chose for himself. Mm-mm. There are a lot of fics where he goes on teaching in Hogwarts, and while I could still see that, uh, him mm-hmm. as being Defense Against Dark Arts teacher or something, um, mm-hmm. I read a fic once, I don't remember the name, it was a Ravi one, I think, he 
doesn't go to the school because he doesn't want all the fame that would still be upon him from all the students and everything. But he goes on and becomes a private teacher for schooling all these kids that don't go to Hogwarts and or giving oh, tuition or something like that. And I really like that because it gives him the opportunity to do something on his own and to bond with single children. And mm -hmm. I really like the headcanon that he's something of a stay-home partner and does mm -hmm. all the chores, not because he was used to doing them in the Dursleys, yeah, but right. because he really likes it because it's something calming, something known to him. And yeah, I could just see that for him. I love everything about that. That is <laughs> so wholesome and beautiful. And I love mm -hmm. it. It is incredible. Oh, I love now I'm thinking about just all those relationships that they still will maintain like afterwards, like they're they're together and everyone understands it and is okay with it. Like, especially Luna, like, you mean you guys weren't together already? <laughs> yes, like, exactly. I, yeah. you know what yeah. I mean? <laughs> exactly, exactly. Or, she, or she'd be like, you were together in your minds anyway. It was all destined to be. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's, oh, gosh, that. that's so good. Oh, I love that. In this universe we are creating where the three of them are together, what happens with Ginny? And how does the Ginny-Harry relationship that we see in the books evolve? Okay. So this is another part of my thruple or, or trio headcanon is that she had in her mind who she thought Harry was. I mean, they became friends later on and she did get to know him as a person. But from the get go, she grew up reading about him, obsessing over him. For years, we see it all the way through the fourth book when she's really disappointed that she said yes to Neville because she had the chance to go with Harry. And she, you know, she starts dating other people, probably more so because even I think it was Hermione that said, you have to move on. Like you have to do, you can't wait around for him. Like it's not going to happen. So she does. She's trying to find um, what she wanted from him and other people and grow from that. But then at the opportunity to actually have that with him, oh, she's on it like, white on rice. I mean, she is ready for that. But then as things move forward, like they have their short while together and then the Horcrux hunt is coming up and they have to do that. And just the extent in which she and Harry are able to just be okay with like going separate ways, like and being understanding of that versus him telling his, like telling Ron and Hermione, like, you don't have to come with me. Like, you don't have to do this. But when they are adamant about like, yes, yes, we're coming. Like, we do everything together. You know, Harry has that relief or that want or desire to have them with him and at his side. Whereas like if I was with Harry Potter and, you know, and have, and have been in love with him for years and then wanted to have the chance to be with him and then all of a sudden we have to break up for reasons. I mean, I just, I she she's too cool about it. Like she's way too cool about it in my, in my opinion. So I feel like them coming back together, it's even in the end of the books when Harry's like, you know, like, oh, there's time to talk or maybe years to talk or that sort of thing and I mean it doesn't have to be like you had your time together and however brief like it's not like you have to pick up where you left off like it, it might have been something that you could have seen like it was it was great it was a great few weeks or however long it was I could see them just reaching a point of like you know what we're better as friends we've worked as friends for longer than the few weeks we were as a couple and I love you for that and I just I don't think that that there would be hurt involved not that there couldn't be but that's just what I would I would hope 
for them. I broadly just agree with mostly everything you've said because, well, I think we think similarly about that anyway. I always saw Ginny as this really, you know, independent, fierce, free spirit of a woman who would feel after a while, like, if you've ever fallen in love with the idea of someone and then watched them become human, you you know what it feels like to go, okay, I've built them up in my head to be something that they're not. And the reality of this is falling short of what I'd hoped it might be or dreamt. And so I feel like because Harry's had to do all of this running around after Horcruxes and, you know, go off on his his world-saving adventures, I think she, while the love between them is real, I think she can be pragmatic about it and go, it's real and I love him, but it's also not enough for me. And I want to go and find something else that suits me better. Yeah, I totally love both of these answers, and I can't help but agree. I think you've brought up most of the things I have in my head. One, that Ginny is so appealing to Harry because she's uh, some kind of mixture between Hermione and Ron. And I don't like Mm -hmm. to talk down upon Ginny because she really has her own worth and everything. But I could also really see that it's her wittiness and her smarts that reminds Harry of Hermione and her humor and the way she does little things things and little gestures that remind him Ron and because he doesn't yet realize that he is really feeling more than just friendship for these two persons that he latches on to the next similar thing and after the war and all the trauma he just realized yeah I, I actually love these two people and Jenny is like a really close sister and someone I really love but not in a way that a relationship could work. And on the other hand, I think um, responding to your point, Nathan, that Ginny is really a free-minded person, that she wouldn't be able to give Harry the continuity he would want and need after the war and the safety. Because she just, oh, I have a job with this Quidditch team and I'll be away for I don't know how many months. I think Harry couldn't live with that very well. Yeah, I I feel like there'd be a lot of Harry needing to find his feet after the war anyway. But the minute you start to bring romance into it, I think, you know, he'd probably need to just take a year to decompress from everything before he he could commit to to anyone, you know? Uh, But I I just feel like because that situation is already so charged and partly... His ego is stroked as well, because he's very aware that he literally died and came back for the sake of the the wizarding world. So I think he would need some time to reevaluate his place in a world that is now safe and not under constant threat. And I think because he's had to, uh, from his perspective, he's had to uh, shrink from all of this for so long. The possibilities open to him, especially given his fame, have got to be overwhelming as well, right? For sure. Okay, so after all this, you know, Golden Trio talk, just to close this episode up, I was wondering, as far as the Golden Trio goes, uh, who would you fuck, who would you marry, and who would you kill? Oh. <laughs> oh, okay. Okay, well, I would marry Hermione simply because Mm. I feel like she is uh, the most grounded uh, and I'm an airhead, so she would call me out on all my ridiculous bullshit. Um, (laughs) I would fuck Harry and I would kill Rum. I'm sorry. (laughs) I, yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, I'm sorry. Just of the three of them, of the three of them, to me, Ron is the weak link. Even though they're all great in their own ways, and we've just spent, you know, however long it was unpacking it, I just feel like Ron is the weak link. There, I've said it. I'm sorry, not sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so for me, then, <laughs> this is um. Well, since we know what you're shipping, we know who you want to fuck. I think. <laughs> <laughs> no, act, okay, so. <laughs> That's so That is such a read Well done Ooh, I take Ooh. it, I take it, I own it I own it So I would definitely marry Ron Just because he's hilarious And I feel like he would keep life very interesting Um, And as far as uh, Fuck, yeah, it would have to be Harry I just I knew it <laughs> <laughs> yeah, to me, he is the most fuckable, usually by men, but that's fine. I'll I'll take one for the team. Um, <laughs> and then Hermione, just because we're both very uh, strong female energies, I just feel like we'd really conflict, and I don't need that negativity in my life. So she can. <laughs> so I'm sorry, Hermione, but I'm I'll I'll be taking. Um, it'll be my thruple action here. So <laughs> so there's mine. <laughs> I would agree with you, Max, and marry Ron, because he's mm -hmm. just the absolute best, in my opinion. In yeah, that's fine. Great. You can outnumber me. It's fine. I don't care. <laughs> uh -huh. um, but I think uh, I'd marry Ron. I'd fuck Hermione, because she's read all of these books, and I'm sure she's oh. pretty good. <laughs> oh, yeah. She knows. She knows yeah. her And stuff. then she knows her body, so she would know your body. Yes. Yeah. Um, She's got more than book learning. Yeah. Mm -hmm. mm. Surely. Yeah. And I mean, girls' dormitories, right? <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> yes. And then I'd have to kill Harry. I'm sorry, but at least I know he'd be fine somehow. <laughs> what he? Are you sure? Are you not just condemning him to an eternity at King's Cross? Like, what the fuck did I deserve to get to back here again? No. He has Sirius. He has Remus. He has his family. Exactly. He'd be well so uh, looked after. All right. So as this ship goes down, we're about to set sail with a new ship, and that would be Tamari. So next episode, we're going to be diving into Harry slash Tom Riddle. So we're really excited to get into our first slash ship. So if there's anything that you love about this ship in particular, any wrecks that you have, please shoot us an email, careofmagicalshippers at gmail.com, or send us a tweet at magicalshippod. We'd love to hear your point of view as far as what works or what doesn't with this one. And we're looking forward to digging into it a little bit further next time. We'll be reading a, a fanfic together, the three of us. So, nope, sorry, sorry, because. <laughs> okay. No sex. <laughs> we're all going to be having sex together and maybe read some fan fiction and then we're going to talk about it. <laughs> we'll just spend an hour suggestively eating bananas at each other. <laughs> Want an easy way to support the pod? Then head over to iTunes and leave us a positive review. Be it three words or 300, your reviews help us reach other passionate shippers just like you. Make sure to tell your friends and we'll ship with you real soon.